Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks. On this episode, another week, another mass shooting, this time in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good news for a Phoenix cop who was shot eight times. A man is kicked off a flight for urinating on his brother. What's wrong with people? And people aren't pulling over for cops in Washington State. All this and more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 205. Just to bring everybody up to date, there will be no podcast for the next two weeks. Two weeks off uh, because the kids and I are leaving town. You're going on vacation. Yeah, and apparently you don't want to do a podcast alone. I carry this show. I knew it. That's true. I, I can't do this podcast alone. So it'll be two weeks before you get a new podcast. So sorry about that, guys. Yep. yep. But, uh, you know, go back, listen to some stuff. Maybe get on Patreon, listen to some bonus stuff. Oh, that'd be good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yep. right. You're yep. right. So what's in the news this week you want to talk about first? Another shooting? Another. Sh- I don't want to. I don't want to. I never want to have to talk about another shooting if I don't have to, because it's it's terrifying that it just continues to happen. And we just and I say we in this very loose term because I, because I am not part of the we. But as a country, we we sort of just act like we have no idea what's what's causing it. This time it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A gunman who was later found dead opened fire on a second floor of a medical building on the campus of St. Francis Hospital in Tulsa Wednesday afternoon, killing four people. Fewer than 10 others were injured, authorities say. The assault-style weapon was an AR-15-style firearm, a source said. Imagine that. And an assault-style weapon found at the scene of the deadly shooting was purchased just hours before. Imagine that. A different weapon, a handgun, was purchased on May 29th as well. Two firearms, a semi-automatic rifle and a semi-automatic pistol, were both found at the scene. Tulsa Police Captain Richard Mullenberg told CNN it was just madness inside with hundreds of rooms and hundreds of people trying to get out of the building. But 14 people injured, four dead. I mean, 10 people injured, four dead, 14 people total shot. Right, exactly. So, in a matter of seconds. And this time, the motive was known because he left a suicide note on his on his person. He said the doctor that he killed, the doctor he killed ruined his life by putting him in more pain after surgery. And anybody else who got in his way was going to be was going to be killed. So that's why he killed two doctors and two medical personnel. Uh, the one doctor, though, was targeted. Because he uh, operated on him earlier in the year, and he had more pain. He lived. He lived with excruciating pain. You know, and that's um, again, it's a mental illness. I mean, I I get it. There isn't. That's not any excuse. I mean, it's hard. Doctors are not God. They cannot fix everything, and we blame them when we don't get better. Right. And and yet sometimes that we don't get better because of what we're doing to our own bodies, but. They're not gods, and again, and, and it becomes you know, chronic pain is a is a form of it's of, of mental anguish and yeah. mental illness. And again, we're talking about someone who maybe, if especially if they were on pain medicine, they probably should have been flagged in the system. This maybe is using you know heavy doses of, of Vicodin or something probably shouldn't be you know, like I, I just we don't. First of all, why do we need assault style rifles? available to the general public so you would get a you would get rid of them you would ban them i'm not trying to get rid of all guns because i'm right. because i don't actually want to get rid of all right. guns. why do we need assault assault style rifles those were assault style weapons were made for warfare 
why do you and I need to be able to go out and buy a gun made for warfare? Because they're fun. We don't. They're fun. And don't throw your second amendment at me because, my God, we're killing our children. I know. It's just it's just one of those arguments that just doesn't hold water for me. It just goes you know, circular, right? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I, it's my right. It's my right to bear arms. It's my right. But nobody has a right to kill your children. That's the problem. And then they're like, well, you know what? That starts at home. People need to take better care of their kids. People need to, you know, like, you, you're just, now you're just, now you're like blaming like the you're saying that all of this is just somebody else's fault and that you know if if we knew that you know buying toothbrushes would kill people like right away right right we, you know we get rid of them right like we'd be like nope no more like that's the problem like there's like what two babies die of baby formula and we have this huge recall yeah hundreds of people die from assault style rifles and we do nothing nothing We've had over 200 incidents of mass shootings just this year. Five people die of of some kind of whatever they have, wisteria or whatever it's in, in lettuce. Is that what it's called? Listeria? Listeria? In lettuce. Recall all the lettuce. Or E. coli. But people die from assault-style weapons? Nothing. We do nothing. I know. I know. It's 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 hypocritical, if nothing else. You're and why right. don't we... Oh, they should have washed their lettuce, you know? Yeah, darn right. <laughs> right? They, they should have. You know, like, too bad. They should be breastfeeding, you know? Like, right. Too it's bad. It's just so dumb. Too bad. Uh, also in the news was the Uvalde uh, incident. We Sad. Are now, it's just getting sadder as it goes on. We are now learning that the cops stood outside and didn't go in for an hour. And there were kids. On phones, calling 911, like on their teacher's phones, calling 911, saying that the the shooter was still in there. Yes. He was still hurting people, and they did nothing. They did nothing. And there were people outside urging them to go in. And when it comes right down to it, they I think they've said now, they did not follow the protocol no, for an didn't. active shooter. No, they didn't. They, so police failed the school. Does that make it? Does this mean like, oh, we should keep assault-style rifles because police failed the school? No, we shouldn't have to have assault-style rifles causing these problems in the first place. Right. It's just amazing to me that the cops didn't run inside. That's your job. That's your job. When everybody else runs away... Some of them tried to, and then other ones kept them back. Right. Right. I just... I want everybody fired. I don't care who they are. If they didn't run in, the chief I want of police everybody... needs to be gone no matter right. what. I want him to be fired too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. If not the commander that was on scene, and and right, yeah, it was crazy. It was just, I mean, kids were bleeding out. Some kids could have been saved. There were kids that were still alive that right. later died. Right. So I mean, I'm just, I'm just furious over this. I really am. I mean, I, I mean, I'm furious. I mean, over there's the fact kids that calling nine one one and saying, "I covered myself in blood, so he'll think I'm dead." Right. What? Right. Good for her, though. Good for her for the being what that smart. kind of, oh, my God, post-traumatic stress? And not just post, like, probably significant post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Is, is that child going to suffer? Right. Also, survivor syndrome, which is also, you know, like, tons of different problems there. The police could have stopped some of that. Right. But they didn't. They didn't. Some good news, though. We've got some Phoenix good news. Phoenix police officer Tyler Moldovan who was shot eight times in December, including once in the head, has returned home after months of recovering at a rehabilitation facility. He was shot multiple times while investigating a suspicious person on December 14th. 
He was flown into Deer Valley Airport around noon and taken to his home by ambulance. There were people lined up along 7th Avenue just south of Deer Valley Road to show their support for Maldivan. Police say the Maldivan family appreciates all the support they've received over the last several months. Back on December 14th, Moldovan and other officers responded to reports of vehicles, including a black Dodge Charger, speeding and doing donuts near 19th Avenue in Camelback just after 2 a.m. Officers showed up to find skid marks and smoke in the air, but they weren't able to find any of the vehicles. A few moments later, police were able to find the Charger pulled into a parking lot near 15th Avenue and Camelback Road, where a man identified as Essa Williams was seen jumping the fence into the complex, leaving his vehicle. Court paperwork says the car had a gun case inside. Williams ran off and was found hiding in a covered patio inside a nearby apartment complex. Williams was reportedly heard by officers at the scene speaking to someone on the phone saying he was going to jail. An officer asked Williams if he had any weapons and he said no. Police say Williams then pulled a gun from his waistband and shot Maldivan multiple times, eight times. It's crazy. And he survived. I'm glad to hear that he's home. I mean, that is good news. But It is good news. It's not good news in terms of violence against police or, or just violence in, in, in general right. in, in the city of Phoenix. But remember, too, he was given not a very, not a very, I was, he was given a little chance to live, really. Right. They put right. him on, they put him on life support. Mm-hmm. And once they took him off life support, they decided, or, or he lived. So... Well, they obviously didn't take him off all life support, but... <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Is that they thought he was going to be, you know, a goner, and he wound up, you know, surviving and I'm and, sure he has a lot of rehab still ahead of him. He's not going to just go... Well, first of all, I'm sure he's done being a police officer. He's probably, you know, will be get disability. Um, and, and he probably has a long... It's a long road ahead of you recovering from gunshot. Yeah, it's a, you're it's right. A trauma to the body that's pretty significant. Right. There is a, his wife, of course, has been pe- uh, keeping people updated on Instagram. Uh, the first time he was on a stationary bike, he rode five minutes with his left leg doing 100% of the work. His wife wrote on Instagram that this was his second time on the stationary bike. He rode the stationary bike with both legs for 14 and a half minutes, and 5% of the work was done on his right leg, too, which once had little to no movement. His wife wrote that his right side has been affected the most. So we we uh, we wish him nothing but the best and a full recovery, hopefully. But I mean, his life his life isn't going to be the same. He's probably going to be living with with being shot eight times the rest mm-hmm. of his life, right? Right. Scary. It's more than scary. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Also in the news this week, a new collaboration between Maricopa County and low income housing. Operator HOM Inc. seems to be doing some good deals uh, and helping landlord rents to more people experiencing homelessness. The public private partnership will offer financial incentives, risk mitigation funds, and support to property managers and owners to rent to the growing population of people who are homeless. There's no other way to be able to get people who are homeless into any kind of housing in this current market where rents right. are so extraordinarily high right. other than having it subsidized. Right. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates, no, not the Microsoft guy, but the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman, mm-hmm. he reflected on concerns he has been hearing from his constituents and the community. Of course, nobody wants this in their backyard. 
That's the problem. Nobody wants it in their backyard. Bother me. It wouldn't bother me to have it in my backyard. I mean, it's it's a housing complex. It's not a you know. It's not a homeless shelter. (laughs) I think I'd rather have a housing complex than a homeless shelter. I'd rather have a housing complex than a sex offender rehab center. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things worse than having you know low income housing in your backyard. Right. The challenge has been, of course, how do you get people who are unsheltered into permanent housing? So the number of people who are... Employed. They have to be employed. Well, yeah, they have to be able to take care of themselves. They have to be able to be employed. You're right. But it's also, like you said, the threshold is so high for rent and mortgage payments that some people can't afford to live in homes or apartments anymore. Even people anymore. who are receiving Social Security and yeah. disability kind of benefits, they they end up being homeless and they're getting these disability benefits. So they do get money every month, but that's not enough for them to live on because they can't find low-income housing that's appropriate for them in their particular situation. So it is really sad. The number of people who are experiencing homelessness outside of a shelter in Metro Phoenix has jumped by 34 percent in the past two years. I mean, years. think about it. If my aunt didn't have her family looking out for her when she was alive, she got about 700 and, I don't know, $70 a month or something like that to live on. That's all. A month. That's all. Yeah. A month. And so because she lived in subsidized housing through, um, what, through the uh, Salvation Army, they she it was like a sliding scale based on what her... Her income was, and she paid like four hundred and eighty dollars in rent or something yeah, like that. Right. So, which left her about you know about three hundred dollars for food, clothes, you know, other stuff, which isn't a lot. But I mean, where else are you going to find somewhere to rent for four hundred and some dollars a month of right. a one bedroom apartment? Nowhere. Right. They're nowhere. Yeah. So evictions in Metro Phoenix have almost climbed back to pre-pandemic levels too, which means the number of people losing their homes is rising as well. But but they're not having any problem filling those apartments when they evict those people, and that's it's just like a vicious sort of circular cycle of stuff, and and part of it may be that people are living beyond their means and in places they couldn't actually afford. But um, you know, evictions happen all the time. It's just part of the the ebb and flow of of having a rental property so right but people can't afford it because the the housing market is so wackadoodle right now it's whacked out that people can't afford to have their rent you know raised by 20 percent right or 25 or they're not willing to live in a house that that is more within their affordability level right. or maybe move into an apartment versus a house or move into a smaller apartment versus a larger apartment i can't so. imagine downsizing again I just can't imagine doing that because we have so much stuff. You know, we, we, we got rid of a lot of stuff when we moved from Phoenix, when we sold our house in Phoenix. We're getting rid of stuff now. Still. And we're getting rid of stuff now that I can't imagine downsizing again. Well, we uh, will someday when we don't have kids. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's a long go way off. go back to just being us. Yeah. That's a long way off. Finally, in the news this week, we've got our first Turon experience. Turons are tourists who act like morons, in particularly in Yellowstone Park. A woman from Ohio decided to get too close to a bison, and the bison not only gored her, I mean, she was gored. Flipped her in the air. Flipped her in the air up to 10 feet, and she landed awkwardly on the ground. She was then taken to a hospital in Idaho. She had been reported dead, though she's not. She's not. We're happy she survived, I guess. Right. But, you know, even when I was growing up, people would have these sort of tongue-in-cheek, like, signs up that would say, like, you know, bison, 17, tourist, zero for the year. Oh, and then really? And they, like, change the number every time somebody got hurt 
by wildlife because people try to, and especially in this day and age of selfies, oh my God, people want to get close and take a picture with just themselves. They're not even having a witness yeah, to it. true. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And the buffalo seem very docile most of the time. I mean, they're just sitting there grazing. They don't care. They're not like, they're not like a bear. They're not aggressive. Right. They're not meat eaters either. If you suddenly get into their space, they're not happy about it. That's right, and they'll let you know really quick. And particularly if there are babies in the herd, you are just asking for trouble getting anywhere near them. Yeah, avoid that at all costs. Yep, even though sometimes you'll see them like standing by the boardwalks. But a lot of times there'll be a ranger out there and be like, this boardwalk is closed because there's a bison standing by it. and you know, Right. So you can't go on it. (laughs) That's just some of the news this week. Thanks, Cricket. Thank you, Mac. Are you a patron on Patreon? Are you getting a bonus episode of Mac Watson Talks every week? You're missing out on stories about Wyoming, stories of our childhood, and stories from our kids, directly from our kids. What are you missing? Well, here's just a snippet. And I turn my head and look over there, and there is a person standing on our deck trying to get the door open. Right. And now, that's got to be <laughs> not just alarming, but that's got to freak you out, right? It is. And so I, and, and for just a moment, when when I first heard the noise over there, I thought that the moaning I had heard, I thought, oh, a cat in heat on our porch? Like, And then I turned my head and there was a person there. Yeah. So, because I because I was I had already been preceded by this like moaning noise or whatever. Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com slash Talks today. For as little as $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode of Mac Watson Talks every week. And if you're really thrifty, you can pay $5 and listen to 60 bonus episodes of Mac Watson Talks and then cancel your account. I'm just saying you could do that, but I know you're going to want to stay because the episodes are so great that you'll want a new one every week. So go to patreon.com slash Talks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Time for the smackdown, and this time I'm smacking down the people of Washington State. After Washington State passed a law to constrain police officers, state drivers are refusing to pull over when asked by the cops. One network news organization recorded nearly 1,000 failure-to-yield incidents in 2022. Patrol officers have described a sharp rise in motorists fleeing traffic stops, speeding away sometimes in stolen cars, according to one county police chief. Washington House Bill 1054, which Governor Jay Inslee, a Democrat, signed into law last year, has banned police from pursuing traffic violators in their cruisers unless the officer is granted permission by a supervisor or the perpetrator is suspected of being under the influence or have committed a violent offense. Something's changed. People are not stopping right now, a Washington State Patrol sergeant told the Associated Press. It's happening three to five times a shift on some nights and then a couple of times a week on the day shift. The change comes as elected officials have passed laws to restrict traditional policing tactics involving the use of force and the duty to intervene in cases of officer misconduct. More than half of U.S. states instituted such reforms since the killing of George Floyd in May 2020, but Washington state Republican lawmakers and law enforcement leaders are criticizing the police bill, saying it has hamstrung their efforts of law enforcement to preserve public safety, according to the AP. Democratic state lawmakers, however, lauded the bill with its chief sponsor saying he doesn't believe pursuits in a 21st century policing system are needed. 
What a moron. And that is the SmackDown. Time for the last word. Well, Alfie and Kenneth Springthorpe were issued a $50,000 fine by the airline after their flight from London to Crete, Greece on May 3rd was, um, uh, how should we say, stopped after a shocking moment as cops dragged the Jet 2 passengers off a plane after he said he urinated on his brother and taken part in a full fist fight. A shocked passenger, of course, who wishes to remain anonymous, of course, captured video, of course, showing one of the brothers being carted down the aisle by a Greek police officer. The barrel-bellied boozer from London is shown bent over at a 90-degree angle and is barely able to stand up. Another officer in civilian clothes walks behind the rowdy passenger to help the other officer drag him from the aircraft. The Jet 2 pilot was forced to divert the flight to Corfu, wherever that is, to evict the brothers from the flight after they allegedly fought with each other mid-flight. One passenger said the flight staff found one and a half empty bottles of vodka underneath the seats where the disruptive duo were sitting. The incident resulted in over 200 passengers having their vacation delayed by more than three hours and 45 minutes. Many passengers were also left stranded in Crete for an extra day, with Jet 2 having to provide hotels. Jet 2 released a statement about the incident on their website last month, saying they issued a bill for more than $50,000 to a pair of disruptive brothers, along with a lifetime ban after their aggressive and violent behavior led to a flight having to be diverted last week. Alfie and Kenneth Springthorpe from London displayed a catalog of appalling behavior on board the aircraft, which included causing damage as well as unacceptable levels of aggression and even physical violence. Oh, by the way, did they even did they even talk about being urinated on? No, of course not. They're not going to talk about that until next time. Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners.